the Bible. From America's colonial period to her rise to become the richest, most powerful nation in history, the ideas and values that guide us, protect us, and hold our society together flow from the pages of this book of books. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Our founding documents affirm and build on the scriptural concepts of God-given, not state-granted rights, and of liberty under law. The biblical worldview shaped our work ethic, made education a priority, and birthed the notion of finite, limited government under divine authority. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The pilgrims, the Puritans, the founding fathers and American leaders throughout our history have emphasized the Bible's importance to America. The first and almost the only book worthy of universal attention is the Bible. John Quincy Adams. But for the book, we cannot know right from wrong. All the things desirable to man are contained in it. Abraham Lincoln. The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. Calvin Coolidge. The Bible Live is your opportunity to listen to the Bible. A 15 to 20 minute reading every weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout on this annual excursion through the Word, Soapy Dollar. Soapy Dollar. (laughs) Wouldn't you like to have pipes like that, Kevin Bell? Thank you, Kevin, for getting us into the program tonight. I'm still learning so much as we get through the Scriptures, and I hope that you are as well. Welcome, everyone, to The Bible Live. We will continue our way through the book of First Chronicles, right on into Second Chronicles. Ezra, traditionally the author of this book, it's a selected history, a compiled, gathered history from various sources, the books of the kings, and then obviously some other sources as well. There's some incidents, some experiences, and there's some details that are included in the book of the Chronicles that are not in the book of the kings. So they come from another source or maybe oral tradition. It is so crucial that we listen to the Bible. If you are wandered across this program for the first time, this program is dedicated to the revolutionary idea that the Bible itself does not necessarily need a whole lot of explaining. I love preachers, and I love my pastors, and I love teachers. Their role is important and crucial, and praise the Lord for them. But the best teachers and preachers I know would say that listening to their teaching and their preaching and reading books about the Bible and reading commentaries, none of that is a substitute for reading the great book of books itself. It is not some deeply religious, mystical tome that you cannot comprehend. It is the true and living God revealing to us through his interaction with men and women, real people just like me and you, real married couples, real families, real clans, real people groups, governments, nations, God revealing his character, his plan for mankind, revealing his ways of dealing, God revealing the truth about human beings. And there are so many truths. That's why this nation has attained such greatness is because our Constitution and our founding as a nation was on the foundation of the truth about reality, about mankind, about men and women, about God and his ways. 
We need to be reading this book. So I hope that you'll stay with us now, and let's make our way through it each and every year. We'll get to Chronicles in just a moment. Right now, our Wisdom and Worship segment from the Psalm Psalm 79. Oh God, pagan nations have conquered your land, your special possession. They have defiled your holy temple and made Jerusalem a heap of ruins. They have left the bodies of your servants as food for the birds of heaven. The flesh of your godly ones has become food for the wild animals. Blood has flowed like water all around Jerusalem. No one is left to bury the dead. We are mocked by our neighbors, an object of scorn and derision to those around us. O Lord, how long will you be angry with us? Forever? How long will your jealousy burn like fire? Pour out your wrath on the nations that refuse to recognize you, on kingdoms that do not call upon your name. For they have devoured your people Israel, making the land a desolate wilderness. Oh, do not hold us guilty for our former sins. Let your tender-hearted mercies quickly meet our needs, for we are brought low to the dust. Help us, O God of our salvation. Help us for the honor of your name. Oh, save us and forgive our sins for the sake of your name. Why should pagan nations be allowed to scoff, asking, Where is their God? Show us your vengeance against the nations, for they have spilled the blood of your servants. Listen to the moaning of the prisoners. Demonstrate your great power by saving those condemned to die. O Lord, take sevenfold vengeance on our neighbors for the scorn they have hurled at you. Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will thank you forever and ever, praising your greatness from generation to generation. End of reading, Psalm 79. You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Right. Psalm 79 is very timely for our reading of Chronicles as well, written after the Babylonian exile, after the Babylonians had leveled Jerusalem. So many of the people had been taken. Notice how he prays for his country for your name's sake, for the honor of your name. We should pray for America in that same sense because God has invested a great deal of himself and his message and his gospel in this country, which once stood in the eyes of the world for the message of the gospel. That's a great way to pray for our nation. For your own namesake, Lord, bless our nation. Help us to return to you. Let's go now to Chronicles. We're going to pick up in chapter 16. David has now brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem on the Bible Life. 1 Chronicles 16, 1 through 28. 1 Chronicles 16. So they brought the Ark of God into the special tent David had prepared for it, and they sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. When he had finished... David blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he gave a gift of food to every man and woman in Israel, a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. David appointed the following Levites to lead the people in worship before the ark of the Lord by asking for his blessings and giving thanks and praise to the Lord, the God of Israel. Asaph, the leader of this group, sounded the cymbals. His assistants were Zechariah II, then Jael, Shemiramoth, 
Jehiel, Mattathiah, Eliab, Benaiah, Obed-Edom, and Jehiel. They played the harps and lyres. The priests, Benaiah and Jehaziel, played the trumpets regularly before the Ark of God's Covenant. That day, David gave to Asaph and his fellow Levites this song of thanksgiving to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim His greatness. Let the whole world know what He has done. Sing to Him. Yes, sing His praises. Tell everyone about His miracles. Exult in His holy name. O worshipers of the Lord, rejoice! Search for the Lord and for His strength and keep on searching. Think of the wonderful works He has done, the miracles and the judgments He handed down. O children of Israel, God's servant, O descendants of Jacob, God's chosen one, He is the Lord our God. His rule is seen throughout the land. He always stands by His covenant, the commitment He made to a thousand generations. This is the covenant He made with Abraham and the oath He swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to the people of Israel as a never-ending treaty. I will give you the land of Canaan as your special possession. He said this when they were few in number, a tiny group of strangers in Canaan. They wandered back and forth between nations, from one kingdom to another. Yet he did not let anyone oppress them. He warned kings on their behalf, Do not touch these people I have chosen, and do not hurt my prophets. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Each day proclaim the good news that He saves. Publish His glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things He does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be revered above all gods. The gods of other nations are merely idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround Him. Strength and beauty are in His dwelling. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory He deserves. Bring your offering and come to worship Him. Worship the Lord in all His holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before Him. The world is firmly established and cannot be shaken. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Tell all the nations that the Lord is King. Let the sea and everything in it shout His praise. Let the fields and their crops burst forth with joy. Let the trees of the forest rustle with praise before the Lord, for He is coming to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Cry out, Save us, O God of our salvation. Gather and rescue us from among the nations so we can thank your holy name and rejoice and praise you. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And all the people shouted, Amen, and praised the Lord. David arranged for Asaph and his fellow Levites to minister regularly before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, doing whatever needed to be done each day. This group included Obed-Edom, son of Jeduthun, Hosea, and 68 other Levites as gatekeepers. Meanwhile, David stationed Zadok the priest and his fellow priests at the tabernacle of the Lord on the hill of Gibeon, where they continued to minister before the Lord. They sacrificed the regular burnt offerings to the Lord each morning and evening on the altar set aside for that purpose, obeying everything written in the law of the Lord which he had given to Israel. David also appointed Haman, Jeduthun, and the others chosen by name to give thanks to the Lord, for his faithful love endures forever. They used their trumpets, 
cymbals, and other instruments to accompany the songs of praise to God. And the sons of Jeduthun were appointed as gatekeepers. Then all the people returned to their homes, and David returned home to bless his family. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 17 Now when David was settled in his palace, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in this beautiful cedar palace, but the ark of the Lord's covenant is out in a tent. Nathan replied, Go ahead with what you have in mind, for God is with you. But that same night God said to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. You are not the one to build me a temple to live in. I have never lived in a temple from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until now. My home has always been a tent, moving from one place to another. And I never once complained to Israel's leaders, the shepherds of my people. I have never asked them, Why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar temple? Now go and say to my servant David, This is what the Lord Almighty says. I chose you to lead my people Israel when you were just a shepherd boy, tending your sheep out in the pasture. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies. Now I will make your name famous throughout the earth, and I have provided a permanent homeland for my people Israel, a secure place where they will never be disturbed. It will be their own land, where wicked nations won't oppress them as they did in the past, from the time I appointed judges to rule over my people. And I will subdue all your enemies. And now I declare that the Lord will build a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For when you die, I will raise up one of your sons, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for me. And I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. I will not take my unfailing love from him as I took it from Saul who ruled before you. I will establish him over my dynasty and my kingdom for all time, and his throne will be secure forever. So Nathan went back to David and told him everything the Lord had said. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And now, O God, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving me a lasting dynasty. You speak as though I were someone very great, O Lord God. What more can I say about the way you have honored me? You know what I am really like. For my sake, O Lord, and according to your will, you have done all these great things and have made them known. O Lord, there is no one like you. There is no other God. We have never even heard of another God like you. What other nation on earth is like Israel? What other nation, O God, have you redeemed from slavery to be your own people? You made a great name for yourself when you rescued your people from Egypt. You performed awesome miracles and drove out the nations that stood in their way. You chose Israel to be your people forever. And you, O Lord, have become their God. And now, O Lord, do as you have promised concerning me and my family. May it be a promise that will last forever. And may your name be established and honored forever, so that all the world will say, The Lord Almighty is God over Israel. And may the dynasty of your servant David be established in your presence. O oh my God, I have been bold enough to pray this prayer because you have revealed that you will build a house for me, an eternal dynasty. For you are God, O Lord, and you have promised these good things to me, your servant. And now it has pleased you to bless me and my family, so that our dynasty will continue forever before you. For when you grant a blessing, O Lord, it is an eternal blessing. 
You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 18 After this, David subdued and humbled the Philistines by conquering Goth and its surrounding towns. David also conquered the land of Moab, and the Moabites became David's subjects and brought him tribute money. Then David destroyed the forces of King Hadadezer of Zobah as far as Hamath, when Hadadezer marched out to strengthen his control along the Euphrates River. David captured 1,000 chariots, 7,000 charioteers, and 20,000 foot soldiers. Then he crippled all but 100 of the chariot horses. When Arameans from Damascus arrived to help Hadadezer, David killed 22,000 of them. Then he placed several army garrisons in Damascus, the Aramean capital. And the Arameans became David's subjects and brought him tribute money. So the Lord gave David victory wherever he went. David brought the gold shields of Hadadezer's officers to Jerusalem, along with a large amount of bronze from Hadadezer's cities of Teba and Kun. Later, Solomon melted the bronze and used it for the temple. He molded it into the bronze sea, the pillars, and the various bronze utensils used at the temple. When King Toy of Hamath heard that David had destroyed the army of King Hadadezer of Zobah, he sent his son Joram to congratulate David on his success. Hadadezer and Toy had long been enemies, and there had been many wars between them. Joram presented David with many gifts of gold, silver, and bronze. King David dedicated all these gifts to the Lord, along with the silver and gold he had taken from the other nations he had subdued, Edom, Moab, Ammon, Philistia, and Amalek. Abishai, son of Zeruiah, destroyed 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. He placed army garrisons throughout Edom, and all the Edomites became David's subjects. This was another example of how the Lord made David victorious wherever he went. David reigned over all Israel and was fair to everyone. Joab, son of Zeruiah, was the commander of the army. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the royal historian. Zadok, son of Ahitub, and Ahimelech, son of Abiathar, were the priests. Seraiah was the court secretary. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was captain of the king's bodyguard. David's sons served as the king's chief assistants. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 19 Sometime after this, King Nahash of the Ammonites died, and his son Hanun became king. David said, I am going to show complete loyalty to Hanun because his father Nahash was always completely loyal to me. So David sent ambassadors to express sympathy to Hanun about his father's death. But when David's ambassadors arrived in the land of Ammon, Hanun's advisors said to him, Do you really think these men are coming here to honor your father? No! David has sent them to spy out the land so that they can come in and conquer it. So Hanun seized David's ambassadors and shaved their beards, cut off their robes at the buttocks, and sent them back to David in shame. When David heard what had happened, he sent messengers to tell the men to stay at Jericho until their beards grew out for they were very embarrassed by their appearance. Now the people of Ammon realized how seriously they had angered David. So Hanun and the Ammonites sent 38 tons of silver to hire chariots and troops from Aram Naharaim, Aram Ma'akah, and Zobah. They also hired 32,000 chariots and secured the support of the king of Ma'akah and his army. These forces camped at Medeba, where they were joined by the Ammonite troops that Hanun had recruited from his own towns. When David heard about this, he sent Joab and all his warriors to fight them. The Ammonite troops drew up their battle lines at the gate of the city, while the other kings positioned themselves to fight in the open fields. When Joab saw that he would have to fight on two fronts, he chose the best troops in his army. 
He placed them under his personal command and led them out to fight the Arameans in the fields. He left the rest of the army under the command of his brother Abishai, who was to attack the Ammonites. If the Arameans are too strong for me, then come over and help me, Joab told his brother. And if the Ammonites are too strong for you, I will help you. Be courageous. Let us fight bravely to save our people and the cities of our God. May the Lord's will be done. When Joab and his troops attacked, the Arameans began to run away. And when the Ammonites saw the Arameans running, they ran from Abishai and retreated into the city. Then Joab returned to Jerusalem. The Arameans now realized that they were no match for Israel. So they summoned additional Aramean troops from the other side of the Euphrates River. These troops arrived under the command of Shobach, the commander of all Hadadezer's forces. When David heard what was happening, he mobilized all Israel, crossed the Jordan River, and positioned his troops in battle formation. Then he engaged the enemy troops in battle, and they fought against him. But again the Arameans fled from the Israelites. This time David's forces killed 7,000 charioteers and 40,000 foot soldiers, including Shobach, the commander of their army. When the servants of Hadadezer realized they had been defeated by Israel, they surrendered to David and became his subjects. After that, the Arameans were no longer willing to help the Ammonites. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. First Chronicles 20 The following spring, the time of year when kings go to war, Joab led the Israelite army in successful attacks against the towns and villages of the Ammonites. In the process, they laid siege to the city of Rabbah and destroyed it. But David had stayed behind in Jerusalem. When David arrived at Rabbah, he removed the crown from the king's head, and it was placed on David's own head. The crown was made of gold and set with gems, and it weighed about 75 pounds. David took a vast amount of plunder from the city. He also made slaves of the people of Rabbah and forced them to labor with saws, picks, and axes. That is how he dealt with the people of all the Ammonite cities. Then David and his army returned to Jerusalem. After this, war broke out with the Philistines at Gezer. As they fought, Sibekai from Hushah killed Saf, a descendant of the giants, and so the Philistines were subdued. During another battle with the Philistines, Elhanan, son of Jair, killed Lami, the brother of Goliath of Gath. The handle of Lami's spear was as thick as a weaver's beam. In another battle with the Philistines at Gath, a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, a descendant of the giants, defied and taunted Israel. But he was killed by Jonathan, the son of David's brother, Shimeah. These Philistines were descendants of the giants of Gath, but they were killed by David and his warriors. End of reading, First Chronicles 16, 1-28. Is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar? The Bible is about what God is doing in our world, and principally what we see even from tonight's reading in the book of Chronicles God is calling out a people for Himself. That is what is happening in our world. Even this very day, you're listening to this program right now, all kinds of things are going on on planet Earth. Korea, Iran, 
president of Mexico, all of the immigration problems, all of the political problems, all of the difficulties America is facing now, incredible threat to the foundations, the traditions that we have as a people right now. There's a tremendous redefinition of America, of who we are, fundamentally change what America is the foundations that we have been built on in terms of the gospel, in terms of the true biblical worldview of God and mankind. I mean, these things are really up for grabs, my dear friends. There are those who dislike intensely the biblical worldview, disagree intensely with it. Man is good in getting better. Socialism and others don't work. It's because the right people haven't been in charge of it. Well, all of these things are going on in our world. We're watching them. Even beyond all of these political issues and economic issues and economic problems and finances and jobs and, and unemployment and so on, the most important thing that's going on is that God, the Creator, is calling out a people, the true spiritual Israel, for himself. Now, this Israel that we're reading about, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that we're reminded about in Psalm 79, and that psalm that we opened up with here, not only in the psalm, but in Chronicles, where David is giving his song of praise and thanksgiving to God, he reminds them of the fact that God had spoken to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that God had given him a covenant promise as well. So God is dealing with this people group and we can learn lessons through his dealings with them. In other words, earthly Israel was an earthly picture of God's spiritual people. Where is there a God like God? Where is there another people like Israel that you redeemed by your grace and mercy from Egypt out of slavery and that you brought them into a land and you drove out other nations? Well, both of those are pictures of our salvation. We too have been brought out of bondage to sin, out of slavery to sin and to selfishness and pride and arrogance. We've been brought out, the spiritual Israel, from every nation, every tribe, every tongue of the world. That's a picture of the atonement, of justification, of regeneration. But also there's a picture of sanctification and that God is driving sin out of our lives. He is working in our lives, all of the redeemed, to not only come out of sin and be forgiven from the penalty of sin, but also to be delivered from the power of sin, to walk and live as the people of God, to be salt and light in our world. So we have this beautiful picture here in the scriptures of what God is doing in our world. As we read these passages, were you able to make the transition? Yes, God is dealing with a specific people group, a specific nation. The descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And remember that that descendancy, that lineage is not pure. There is Rahab, the harlot. There is uh, Ruth, the Moabitess. There are others, many others, intermarriages and so on. So this is not about racism or even a given nationality or people group. It's about a picture of God dealing with Israel, the people who have wrestled with God, who have come to know Him, who have now become a part of His covenant relationship because of their relationship with Him through the Messiah. See you next the time. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live. P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com.
don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word. 